0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 165 of the Sustainable Minimalists podcast. On today's show, we are discussing how exactly to handle three very specific and very difficult conversations around sustainability. And we're doing this in a way that hopefully enables us to keep our friendships. If you are passionate about the state of the planet, you may have found yourself in the middle of some very difficult interpersonal interactions. I know I certainly have, especially when it comes to the intersection of environmentalism and religion and environmentalism and politics, things can definitely get thorny. Today I am speaking with fellow podcaster Jaco Selka. Jaco is the host of the Hopefully Sustainable podcast, a weekly show in which Jaco speaks with extraordinary people who are making the world a better place. Jaco is cool and calm and collected. She is the opposite of me. (laughs) So she is the perfect person to offer advice on how to balance our environmental passions in dicey interpersonal interactions. So on today's show, I am asking Jaco to run us through the best ways to respond to three very specific situations. The first situation is when someone says, Your environmental efforts are futile. They're pointless. The problem's too big. We've all heard this, right? Jaco's going to tell us how to respond. The second interaction is when religion gets brought into the mix. In my own life, I've heard religion and environmentalism brought up in the same conversation as something like, God will take care of climate change, or some variant of this statement. Jaco's going to help us with that. And then finally... The final interaction is when politics are brought up. An example of this that we've all probably heard is, the economy is the only thing that matters, or environmentalism destroys jobs. How on earth do we handle these three very specific and three very common situations? Don't ask me. I am no good with confrontation, but Jaco is, and that's why I'm asking her. Enjoy the interview. Jaco, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing
1: so well. Thank you. How are you?
0: I'm doing so well. I love talking with fellow podcast hosts, and I'm really looking forward to picking your brain about all things sustainability. For listeners who aren't acquainted with you yet or don't perhaps know about your podcast, please introduce yourself.
1: Yes. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so honored and very excited. So my name is Jaco Selka, and I am located in Atlanta, Georgia. I am a sustainability analyst for an engineering consulting firm here in Atlanta. And then I also host my own sustainability podcast called Hopefully Sustainable.
0: Perfect introduction. Uh, Tell us, though, How did you find yourself not just interested in issues around sustainability, but how did you find yourself so passionate that you decided to make it your career and on your free time start a podcast about it?
1: Yeah. So I feel like I've always been really interested in different issues surrounding the environment. And when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to take an AP class, which for anyone who hasn't heard of that, it's basically just a college course that you get credit for in high school. And so I was able to take environmental science, and that was really where I first realized that this was something that I could pursue in college. And I attended the University of Georgia And I went through a few different majors, all sort of focused on the environment, but I landed on environmental economics, and that's what I got my major in. And I wanted to find a minor to add on to my major, and they had a new program that was called the Sustainability Certificate, which was very similar to a minor. And it was a really relatively new program that they had Expected maybe 20 students to join. And throughout the time that I was there, they had a couple hundred join the program, which was amazing because it just showed how many students were actually interested in sustainability. And through that program, I just became extremely passionate about sustainability. I felt like I had really found the community that I belonged to. And that's what made me want to pursue a career in sustainability. And when I was looking for jobs after graduation, I needed just an outlet to put some creativity into because for anyone who job searches, they know it can be a very exhausting process. So I just needed something else to do other than look for jobs. So I really got into podcasts and just listening to all different ones. And I couldn't really find a ton of podcasts focused on sustainability There's a lot out there that are focused on maybe the scientific aspects of sustainability, or some of them can just leave you feeling a little down about the state of the world. And when I was in the sustainability certificate program at UGA, there was just a huge focus on hope. And so that was kind of where I got the idea to start my own podcast and make it be something that really was focused on the hopeful aspects of the sustainability movement.
0: Hmm. One of the aspects to your show that I really appreciate and another aspect that really resonates with me as a listener and not just a host of my own show is that it is very optimistic and I feel as though you do that intentionally because nobody wants to end a 30-minute podcast episode, or at least I don't. I don't want to end a 30-minute podcast episode feeling super down in the dumps. I want to feel hopeful. And your show really imparts hopefulness on me as a listener. I know that you interview a lot of change makers on your show. And so I'm wondering if really quick for the listeners who haven't listened to your show yet, what are some of the most exciting guests that you have interviewed in your first season?
1: Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for saying that. That was really my whole goal with the podcast was just to give people hope, especially during this year when it's been a really hard time for a lot of people. So thank you for saying that. But yeah, I've had the opportunity to interview so many incredible people over this past year. And I would say a few who stick out to me. One was a man named Carmen Garner. And I actually saw his story on NBC Nightly News when I was watching the news one night. He had taken his stimulus check from the pandemic and decided to take his passion for fishing and his passion for mentorship and to turn that into an organization where he could take kids fishing. And a lot of the kids are from low-income communities who most likely wouldn't have had access or just the knowledge or tools to be able to go fishing, and so he turned it into this incredible opportunity, and it might not be exactly what you think of when you think of sustainability, but he's really imparting this knowledge and the children that he works with, and just this respect for the environment that I'm not sure they would have necessarily gotten otherwise, and I think that's really important with the youth today is to just bring everyone into the movement. And I really appreciate all the work that he's doing. So that was definitely someone who stuck out to me. Another guest that I would say I think of, um, her name is Lauren Hamilton. And she works for an organization called Greening Youth. And they really just try to bring all different kids into the environmental space. And they work with a lot of Black Indigenous children of color and give them these opportunities and teach them that they can find careers and go into the field of different environmental careers and sustainability.
0: I think you already alluded to your answer to my next question, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Why, in your opinion, is it so vital for the masses to stay hopeful when we talk about our planet and its future? Well, I feel like
1: how I kind of mentioned earlier, the sustainability movement and climate change can be very dark topics. And obviously, it is a very important issue. And there are a lot of negative aspects to what's going on with our planet right now. So It's totally understandable that it can be so dark at times, but I think we have to bring this hopefulness to the movement because I believe without hope, there's really no point in us trying to do anything to fix the state of the planet. And really all we have is hope at times. And so that was a really big thing that they instilled in us during my time in the sustainability certificate is just that we have to have hope and I've found so much hope in just interviewing and speaking with all of the people that I've gotten to interview this year. And I just think it's really important that if we want to stay motivated and for all of us just to continue working together, that we have to be hopeful because there's just there is a lot to be hopeful about, even if it can seem
0: dark at times. Hmm. Well, on today's show, I really want to talk with you specifically about how you communicate your passion for sustainability with others and particularly with naysayers. This topic has been on my mind for at least a year now, and I've kind of pushed it off, pushed it off, pushed it off simply because <laughs> I am the absolute worst at talking <laughs> to naysayers about <laughs> sustainability. I get all flustered, I get angry. I, you know, bluster and my words just come Mm -hmm. up in a jumbled mess. So right off the bat, listeners listening, I have no advice to offer, but I'm hoping you do. So talk to me about in your personal life, how do you talk to people who may not have the same values around eco-friendliness and sustainability?
1: Yeah, I think this is a very important issue and definitely something that probably most people in our community and a lot of the listeners can relate to. I kind of thought of two examples when you were talking about naysayers. I definitely have some family who I wouldn't necessarily say are naysayers, but definitely have more conservative values. And I I wouldn't say climate change is necessarily the very first issue that they would say they're passionate about. And then the other example that I thought of is when I was at the University of Georgia, I was in the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences, but I was very much so part of the minority uh, with the environmental program. It was definitely a lot of agricultural students, and a lot of them also had very conservative values. So we would be in environmental classes where people didn't even believe in climate change. So I guess some advice that I would say is we kind of just have to meet people where they are and find what part of the sustainability movement or what part of climate change do they have something that they can relate to. So if you have family with conservative values who are naysayers, but they love to go hiking. Okay, so let's try to focus on that and Say okay well this land needs to be protected and we need to respect this land if you want to continue to have these opportunities to go hiking and i think especially for maybe the older generations to say we need to save the planet for their grandkids or their their future grandkids because if we don't start working now then their grandkids might not have the same opportunities to see the world as they see it now And I also think that it's important to maybe not, which this might not be what you expect, but to maybe not focus on sharing facts or science with naysayers, but more so just the values, kind of like I was just mentioning, because I feel like if they are already skeptical of climate change and skeptical of the sustainability movement, if you just come at them with all of these facts and statistics they might just get a little overwhelmed and just shut down. So just coming at them from kind of a values perspective I think is really important and to just be you know positive and hopeful because obviously no one wants to be attacked. So I think just coming at it from not necessarily an aggressive or defensive standpoint but more of a just a conversation is a really good way to start.
0: So much of that resonated with me, and I'm totally going to put you on the spot. I have had two interactions in the past year that went terribly, horribly, no good, very bad, wrong. (laughs) And so after a quick word from this week's sponsor, I'm going to um, recreate those interactions for you, and maybe you can impart some wisdom on how I could have handled them differently. So we'll get into that after a quick word from this week's sponsor. The Sustainable Minimalist podcast is supported by Garden. If you live in a cold weather climate like me, outdoor gardening may be inaccessible to you for up to half of the year. But February is Indoor Gardening Month, and so there has never been a better time to get serious about growing your own herbs, vegetables, salad greens, and more with AeroGarden. I love that AeroGarden makes indoor gardening super easy, super tasty, and worry-free. Just insert the pre-seeded pots into your AeroGarden and add water because plants are grown hydroponically, they grow five times faster than a traditional outdoor garden, no green thumb required. Most plants are ready to harvest in four to six weeks and will keep producing harvests for six months or longer. Find the Garden model that's right for you and get 20% off site-wide with code MINIMAL at checkout. That's A-E-R-O garden.com with code MINIMAL at checkout. Now back to the interview. And we are back with Jaco Selka of Hopefully Sustainable, the podcast. I am going to give you, Jaco, two scenarios, one after the other. We'll start with the the less heated one, I guess, and then we'll go to the more heated one. And again, these are actual interactions i've had with people in my life i should say again you don't sound like somebody i don't know you very well but you don't sound like somebody who gets flustered or heated i get flustered and heated so right off the bat i have like a personality that just isn't isn't right for you know touchy subjects and that's the other thing too is that i have found that when you talk about climate change or Certain aspects of sustainability. It's a political issue, at least here in the United States. Uh, Everything's a political issue. Wearing a mask is a political issue. And so there's that extra hurdle to jump over. But all right, so here we go. Here's the first interaction. This interaction was with another couple, a man and wife, who are very good friends with us. And out of the blue, around the dinner table, um, the husband said something along the lines of, I don't understand why anybody would try to be sustainable. The problem is just too big. There's no solution. So why try? How would you have handled that?
1: Mm, yeah, that is um, a very interesting take on being sustainable. I think I would say I'm a really big believer in Small actions can really add up to make a big difference. So, I think that I would just talk about maybe some of the ways that I'm sustainable in my own home that are really easy for anyone to do. So, for example, bringing your own bags to the grocery store, or when we're not in a pandemic, bringing your own reusable cup to the coffee shop, for example, and just kind of putting it in really simple terms for them. And I mean, in a way, I don't agree with him saying that we shouldn't do anything, but I can see where he's coming from and that it can be very overwhelming to think that we have to come up with a solution and what can we really do? What can one person do? But I really think if you just kind of give him some examples of how you're making a difference and how you want to show your kids how to make a difference, that maybe if you come at it from that perspective and just give him some actual concrete ways that he could make a difference and how that could lead to him being more sustainable and um, making a difference on the planet, then I think maybe that's how I would come at it.
0: Yeah. You know, hindsight is... 2020. And so when I look back on this interaction, you know, we were around the dinner table. It got really heated really fast. It was bad news bears. Uh, (laughs) But when I look back on it, I feel as though what I should have said was, you're right. Maybe bringing my bags to the supermarket, maybe bringing my mug to the coffee shop. Maybe when you look at the problem from a wide lens, Uh, I'm not going to be solving the single-use problem by myself. I I agree with that. Mm -hmm. However, talking about it on a podcast and sitting across the table and talking about it with you, I believe, is inspiring change. And change, when we're all doing it, when we're all on board, is where like we can see results. So, I should have said that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I flustered and blustered and got up and left the table. But
1: well, and I think why I think another response is just why not? Like if you're already not doing anything, if you just do one thing, that's already making a huge difference. So, it's kind of like why not just try to do something even if you can't solve the entire problem and I believe when one person does something, then everyone around you is watching, so that can just kind of lead to this effect of everyone around you seeing what you're doing, and then they might start doing that also, and then it just keeps going and going, and then that really is going to add up to make a big difference.
0: Yeah, you're so right when you say, why not? I mean... Is it really that hard to (laughs) open your trunk, take out your reusable bags, and bring them into the supermarket? Like, no, it's really not that hard. So why not just do it, whether or not you're solving complex environmental issues or not? Exactly. Yep. I totally agree. All right. The next interaction I need your opinion on is one where I just said nothing because I truly was stumped. <laughs> so there was no like anger. There was just no response for me. I put on my best poker face and changed the subject. I think that this interaction is quite common in some circles. And the comment was essentially, we don't have to take care of the planet. The planet was a gift to us from God. And you know, he's omnipotent, he will take care of it himself. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm wondering, where where would you go with that?
1: Yeah, this is definitely one that I feel like a lot of people use. And unfortunately, I feel like sustainability and whether or not climate change exists or not has become sort of a political and religious topic, like you mentioned. And I'll say when I was at the University of Georgia, I actually took a course on, it was called Christianity and Sustainability. And it was very eye-opening because like you said, I feel like a lot of people try to use this argument is that, well, why do we have to do anything at all if um, God gave it to us as a gift and there's just no reason because he'll take care of everything. But I think That if you say that, then why do we do anything in life? Because then God's got it covered, obviously. So I think if God did give the earth to us as a gift, then why should we not want to take care of it? Because that is a beautiful gift that we were given, and we should want that the planet and this gift to. Be sustained so that our future generations can also experience this beautiful gift that we were given. So unfortunately, I just don't really understand why this has become such a big argument. Because I just think that we should all want to care for the planet. If God gave us this gift, then we should want to take care of that. So, yeah, I can see how that can be very um, overwhelming, especially when you're so passionate about a topic it can be hard to come up with an answer because you just have so much going on in your mind that you want to say.
0: Right. And especially in this example in particular, the person I was speaking with was equally passionate about her religious beliefs. So it's like when two people come at each other in the throes of ideological passion, I almost feel as like, nothing good is gonna come of that conversation unless you approach it in the right way. But I was just not ready to approach it in that moment. So I did nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when you bring religion into it, it can definitely get really tricky. My mom does a Bible study near her house and it's um, a non-denominational Bible study. But I know that this argument has been brought up many times because she'll call me afterwards and be so (laughs) upset about it. And so I just I am it's very unfortunate that this has become an argument and I think it is important to remember that there are some people that you are just not going to be able to negotiate with especially when it comes to religion because people have their firm beliefs and a lot of people are not willing to change those or to be open to changing those beliefs. That's also something to keep in mind is you're not going to convince everyone of your side of the argument but I personally believe that if God gave us this earth as a gift, that we need to treat it as a gift. Think of any gift that you're given from friends and family, you normally would treat that gift with respect because you respect the other person. So if you respect God as a religious person, then you should want to respect the gift of the earth that
0: you were given. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to write that down. Keep it in my pocket. (laughs) I want to take you in my pocket. You are. You should just be my mouthpiece. Now, the third example I want to present to you today is actually not one that I've ever had in my life, but I know it's going to come any day now. And that, of course, is when you bring sustainability, environmental issues, and politics all together in the same room. So, do you have any tips for listeners who are perhaps juggling with how to have an interaction with another person who may be of a different political party? And, like, is there common ground to be found when it comes to sustainability discussions in 2021? Yeah, this has definitely been a big issue,
1: I feel like, this year because. Everything has been political. Like you mentioned, wearing a mask has become political. So that means everything is political. And I think when it comes to politics, that maybe one way that you could approach this is the Republican Party or conservatives are very focused on the economy. I feel like that is just one of the big issues, especially. I know a lot of people that voted for Trump would say, well, I might not believe in other things he believes in, but he has a great economy and great economic plans. So I think approaching climate change or sustainability from an economic perspective, which might not be what everyone in the sustainability community agrees with because we want everyone to have the same values as us and care about the planet and everything, but we can look at it as, okay, if we move towards renewable energy and green jobs and everything, then it's going to only improve our economy. So just maybe coming at it from some of the ideologies that they value and how sustainability can improve or contribute positively to those ideologies that they have.
0: And coming at the conversation from an economics perspective, the converse is also true, which is that increasing natural disasters, perhaps pandemics coming down the road, those all decimate the economy. We're seeing that firsthand right now. Uh, So, you know, you could take that conversation in two ways. One way is investing in a sustainable future will improve the economy, create jobs. And on the other hand, not doing so may very well decimate it.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a big part of the sustainability movement is this focus on resilience and like you mentioned, we're only going to have increasing natural disasters. There's probably going to be another pandemic at some point, unfortunately, but we need to be resilient. And that is a huge focus in cities with sustainability groups. And I just think that's really important that you pointed that out because if we want to have a resilient economy, a resilient community, and a resilient planet, then we need to focus on sustainability.
0: Hmm. You're so right. This conversation has just reinvigorated my passion for the environment. So thank you so much. Where can my listeners get more of you and find Hopefully Sustainable?
1: Yeah. So if you are on Instagram, you can find the podcast at Hopefully Sustainable Pod. I post a lot of content related to all of the guests that I have on the show and just related to the different topics that we cover. And you can find the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all of the above.
0: Well, I have to ask before we go, do you have anything big planned for season two?
1: Well, I already have a lot of very exciting ideas and I'm just really excited to continue interviewing all these people who are making such a big difference because it's so inspiring to me. And I just love sharing those people's stories with everyone else. So I have a lot of exciting ideas. So definitely get ready for season two.
0: <laughs> Jaco, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved every minute of talking to you. Thank you so much. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Jake Selka of the Hopefully Sustainable podcast. I told you she was cool, calm, and collected. You can check out her show wherever you listen to podcasts, but I have also linked to her show in this week's show notes, which reminds me, the show notes are at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 165. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 165. So if you're listening to this episode, you're thinking, wait a minute, this isn't a real life sustainable minimalist episode. This is just a normal episode coming out on a Thursday. If you're thinking that, yes, you are right, my friends. I will be back next Tuesday with a conventional episode and I will be back next Thursday with a real life sustainable minimalist episode. So lots of episodes happening here. Enjoy them. I will see you next week. Stay home, stay healthy, and take care, my friends.